coming up on this episode of the MD and Chef Team Show. There's more anxiety and depression in the world than ever before. There's more prescriptions for antidepressants, which I'm not against, but it's not a serotonin deficiency. If it was a serotonin deficiency, which is what the antidepressants do, is help with the serotonin, then we would all be healed from anxiety and depression, but that's not the situation. Welcome to the show from the The MD MD and Chef Chef Team. Team. I'm Dr. Isabel, medical doctor here at the MD and Chef Team. And who are you? I'm Chef Michael, culinary nutrition expert. I'm the chef part of the team. And what are we going to talk about, babe? Now, I can say that because he's my husband. (laughs) Yes. Well, then we'll be talking about marriage, relationships, parenting, intimacy. We'll talk about mindsets of success, overcoming depression, anxiety. I'll be getting into functional nutrition, recipes and tips from the kitchen. And we're going to both get into how to live a long, healthy, vibrant life. Yes, I love it. Our mission is to help you prevent and reverse disease and give you hope in the process. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. We We like like to have fun, fun too. (laughs) So let's Let's get get on on with the show. We are excited to bring some new friends into the show today. And as we do that, I'm actually going to pass this on over to the lovely Emily to introduce us to our new friends. So, Emily, over to you. Okay, so uh, we have a husband and wife uh, team here, uh, Michael and Isabel Hensinger from Australia or New Zealand, Australia area. and they are here to talk with us about brain brain health. Um, uh, Isabel is a MD, and Michael is a cul- culinary nutrition person. Um, so yes, can talk all about the brain brain tonight in part one. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Welcome to the show. I was wondering if you could uh, share a little bit about who you are and what brings you with us tonight. Well, hello, Milwaukee area. Welcome. (laughs) All the way from New Zealand. Yes, here we are actually in New Zealand. And you can tell by our accents that uh, originally from the U.S., we moved to New Zealand in 2000 with our two daughters. I'm Michael, and I'm a culinary nutrition brain health expert and a chef. And this is my beautiful wife, Isabel, who I'm Isabel, Michael's wife, and I'm a medical doctor retrained um, into functional medicine. If you're not familiar with functional medicine, we just uh, get to the root cause of people's unwellness, you know, instead of just throwing pills at you, like we've been taught or get you into surgery or get you into counseling, we, we get to the real reason and if it's a weed, we pull out that weed so that you can blossom and live your best life. Yeah. And so today we're going to talk about how does brain health affect the quality of life of everyone, not just one sector of the population, but everyone. We want to talk about quality brain health and the quality of life for everyone. So we're going to get into a few different topics in, in that. Okay. So did you want to lead us off with a story? Yes, I would. I I would like to just share with you a little bit about my story and why I became uh, a brain health expert. Uh, Truly, 
I did not think that this was going to be my path, but well, you know how it goes in life. <laughs> you're kind of like you go through an experience and you're like, holy moly, this mm. is a terrible experience. Well, I became a medical doctor in 1991 in Colorado. And in 2000, my husband and I moved to New Zealand with our two daughters because I was frustrated as a medical doctor. Um, I felt like we didn't have a healthcare system in America. We had we had disease management. And I was like, babe, let's go find somewhere else in the world where everybody gets health care, whether they've got insurance or not, and we can help them. I can help them. And he goes, okay, where do you want to go? And I go, I don't know. But we ended up coming to New Zealand. And so in 2000, we were here in 2000. But in in 2013, I just was, again, a frustrated doctor because we don't have healthcare system. We don't have a healthcare system here in New Zealand either. It's just like America. So what I was running from, I ended up in. And I was like, ah. This is so frustrating. People aren't getting better. They're just, I'm just managing their sickness. You know, I'm just keeping them away from the cliff. So in 2013, Michael and I agreed that I was going to give away private practice, you know, just seeing one patient at a time. And I said, let's go on the internet. So we started Doctor on a Mission to help people prevent and reverse disease and give them hope in the process that they can prevent and reverse disease. So in 2013, I'm 53 years young. I'm a wife, a mother, a doctor, and a brand new entrepreneur. And this is not what I, I didn't learn how to go do social media and medical in my medical training. And in 2014, I became super anxious. And when I get anxious and overwhelmed, and listening to that inner critic in my mind, um, I don't sleep. And I only slept two hours every night for 17 straight nights. And by the end of that time, Michael didn't even know that this was happening, I that I was going nuts, um, that I tried to take my life twice in three days. And by the grace of God, that plan was stopped. It was interrupted. And Michael found out um, and took me to the doctor. And the doctor said, Isabel, you need to see a psychiatrist. And for a medical doctor to be told you got to see a psychiatrist is like big. It's bad. It's badness. And the psychiatrist was great. I mean, lovely man. He knew what he knew. And he helped me with what he knew. And he started me on an antidepressant. And he started me on sleeping tablets. And he said, Isabel, you need to be on this antidepressant for the rest of your life. And look, I'll be honest with you. At that point, I totally surrendered. I would do whatever anybody told me to do because I just wanted to sleep and I just wanted to become better. But deep down inside, I said, hmm, we'll see about that. We'll see if I'm really going to be on this medication for the rest of my life. And then that caused Michael and I to go on this journey to learn all the things that are affecting people and why they're getting anxious and depressed. And that, I mean, now I'm way over on the other side because Michael's been walking alongside me the whole way. Now I'm off the antidepressant safely. Okay. I'm sleeping well. 
I've got my joy. I know what voice I'm listening to, but here's the deal. It's not a mental illness issue that we're dealing with. It's a brain health issue. And when we learn how to take super good care of our brain health, we'll be able to have mental wellness and be able to deal with life. Because look, let's let's face it. There's more anxiety and depression in the world than ever before. There's more prescriptions for antidepressants, which I'm not against, but it's not a serotonin deficiency. If it was a serotonin deficiency, which is what the antidepressants do is help with the serotonin, then we would all be healed from anxiety and depression, but that's not the situation. So now we're just passionate about helping people understand all the different things that go into taking care of this beautiful organ that we've got in our brain, in our, the top of our head, so that we can live a better life. Yeah. And and with Isabel, I mean, yes, I was there. However, I was not aware. I would have been, the, I guess, the regular person of society who I was there, but I I didn't know what was going on. And I had no idea. And I can honestly say at the time, I said what most people say is, oh, come on, pick yourself up, you know, let's get over it, you know, that type of thing. And that was all I knew. Mm -hmm. And so as Isabel's husband, I mean, we've been together 42 years now. So at this time, it was, you know, we were together 35, 36 years at the time or 34, whatever the number is. I still had no idea what was going on and just expected to pick up. And what we were able to find through that mess is that it wasn't just one thing that affected Isabel. There, she was a, a woman in her 50s, menopausal, hormones were, things were going on there. And also through this process, we learned that uh, Alzheimer's and dementia, two-thirds of the people that end up with that in their life are women. And we started looking, going, well, how does that happen? What's going on with women? And so we backtracked, and as uh, we'll talk about root cause in a moment, we had to get to the root cause of what took Isabel to that. Yes, she lost her sleep, but why did that happen? Where did this anxiety and depression all of a sudden come from that, that, you know, this woman just basically implodes in life? I mean, that's pretty much what happened. She just imploded and said, ah, that's it for me. I can't do this life anymore. I'm out of here. And I'm just like, what? This is the most exciting. If you know Isabel, you will know she's the most exciting, (laughs) vibrant, passionate, caring doctor, mom, human being on the planet. It's like, well, how did, you know, what's going on here? What's, and so that's what led us down to the getting into brain health. Cause at the time I was a chef, but I didn't know anything about brain health. I didn't know anything about nutrition. I didn't know anything about how nutrition, food, what we drink, what we eat actually affects us from the neck up not just from the neck down, it's all connected. And that's where the process uh, really started. And so it was a massive mess. Yes, we it was got a massive through mess. that. And, uh, but take that mess and okay, what kind of a message can we get? And what can we learn? And how can we teach and use that to do some amazing, hopefully greatness in the world and, and you know, help other people serve others? Does, does that open up any questions for anybody? <laughs> That's amazing. I I love your story. I, this 
for me on the show here, I know you've had the chance to meet uh, Emily and Kurt before, but this is the first I've had the the pleasure of of having a conversation and understanding more of what your story is. And I am actually super excited to hear more about where this has all led you, because th- there's a lot of people that can relate to what you're talking about right now. And okay. yeah. I would love to hear more. Okay. Well, I want to give everybody a visual because Isabel said, and, and I know we're on radio, but I'm going to paint the picture. So, because we all have an imagination, I, you know, no matter what's going on in your life, you've still get, been given imagination for your life. And so I'm going to paint a picture and we're going to go back to the war, one of the words that Isabel used. And I, I imagine most of us have heard this recently, root cause. It's like, okay, you know, let's get to the root cause of the problem or let's go upstream and find out what's going on. We hear that all the time. But what I find is most of us people don't actually, well, what does that mean? I mean, what does getting to the root cause, How does what does it actually mean? So I want to help you with understanding what that means is let's, we're going to paint a picture now. Imagine a lake, imagine a beautiful, pristine lake. You know, I'm sure we've all seen a lake somewhere. We've all maybe swam in a beautiful lake or something that's nice and clean and pristine. So imagine that beautiful lake. And a lake, and we'll call that lake our brain. So that's the brain lake. So imagine a brain lake. Now, a lake has all these tributaries. It's got little streams coming in. It might have underground springs. It might have rivers flowing into it. But it's usually got many tributaries that are flowing into that lake. Well, if that brain lake is toxic... And basically, we can't swim in it because it's toxic. There's all these things going on at chemical imbalances. It could be hormone. It could be nutritional. It could be insulin resistance. There's so many things that can go on. It's not just one thing. There's many factors that to get that lake cleaned up, yes, we can add a chemical to the lake to clean it up temporarily. (laughs) Hint, hint. Hint. That's what happens usually is let's add a chemical to the brain, the brain lake to clean it up. But in the long term, that can do something temporarily, but eventually we're just going to have a chemicalized brain lake. It's still going to be toxic. It's just, it might feel kind of clean, but yet it's, it's still toxic. So what we need to do is this term root cause or upstream. We have to look at all the tributaries that are flowing into the brain lake and look at everything from exercise to nutrition to hormones to sleep to stress. Many, many factors. Isabel and I have identified what is a 14? Well, the research. The research research. has identified 14. The research has identified about 14 factors that could be. And so we've got to look at every tributary and see, well, which ones are dirty? Mm-hmm. Which ones are toxic? Some could be clean. Okay, we don't need to do anything with that tributary. It's a beautiful, clean stream coming in. Awesome. Uh, as we go upstream, we look, oh, this stream over here is kind of dirty and mucky and toxic. We got to look at that. Oh, there's a river flowing into the brain lake that's just muddy and dirty. Whoa, we've got to clean that up. So. That's what we need to do. And that's what root cause and going upstream is. We have to look at the contributors to the brain lake and see which ones need to be cleaned and then address those so they all clean up. So for long-term great brain health 
and a clean brain and a clean lake that we could all go swimming in and actually drink the water, we've got to clean up all the tributaries that are flowing into that brain lake. And so that, when you get that picture, you can now understand a little bit more, ah, that's what root cause, that's what going upstream means. And that's what Isabel and I do with, with anybody we're working with in the area of brain health is whatever's going on, we need to take a look at the many factors that could be addressing that and then clean them up. Because we know what the downstream event will be if you don't take care of the upstream issues. Does that, does that picture help? Does that picture help everyone? I love that because I can totally imagine what you're all saying with that. And you're hitting yeah. a home a home spot on us here when you're talking lakes. I mean, we've got our whole water skiing uh, yeah. love that we have here. So it's a perfect mental picture for me to, to, to follow that. Great. Yeah. And I'm just going to take a second to ask Kurt if he had anything he wanted to add in here in the midst of all this as well. Did you have some thoughts to share, hon? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, Sue, you and I, uh, we were involved for 10 years in pre-hospital care, you know, emergency medical services. And we were taught through our training um, how to use signs and symptoms. And, you know, how signs can be on the side that we're talking about. We go in and do all of our interventions and, you know, get readings and get metrics and measurables and stuff like that. But the symptoms, you know, include like the chief complaint and such like that. Um, So as we're talking about, you know, here at Ability MK now, how does brain health affect quality of life for everyone. I think this idea of symptoms come into it. So when you think about um, how you're talking about, you know, upstream and, and all of this, you know, put this into something, you know, palpable for people. How can they get that reticular activation that, oh, this is what what they're talking about, or oh, I have this going on in this brain health thing. I need to you know, get, get in touch or do something because this is, you're speaking to what's happening to me. So what are the symptoms that brain health is something that someone would want to take attention to because they're aware that their brain health has declined? How do we detect this for ourselves? Well, you look at all, great question. You look at all of the tributaries that could be affecting your brain health. And I'll go ahead and name all 14, but I want people to know that not all 14 apply to every single brain. Do you see? Like it might be just two things that need to be repaired or five things or seven things, but not all 14. So I don't want people to feel overwhelmed and they're sitting in front of a fire hydrant and they're just having to drink all this water because that's not the goal. The goal is to plant seeds and help you understand the things that are affecting you. Okay. May I I say something before you launch into that? And Kurt, just what you were talking about there made me think of a couple different things. We need to understand symptoms. You said the word symptoms. Well, when symptoms, when we have a symptom of anything, that doesn't mean that day we got it. Let's say, you know, just like all of a sudden I've got, there's arthritis and that's my symptom. That doesn't mean that today started arthritis. That means somewhere back, and that's why we have to go upstream and get to the root cause. That Mm -hmm. means that somewhere in the last year, five years, 10 years, depending on our age, it could be the last 20 or 30 years, 
we have been developing that system, but now it's just come out. And so we really, us human beings, we have to pay attention to ourselves because we're our best doctor. We live with ourselves 24 hours a day. So symptoms is so important. But when we see something happening, we've got to pay attention to it and get on it. And so one of the things Isabel and I hear all the time is people saying, well, that's just old age. That's not necessarily true. Our, As far as brain, our brain should be functioning just as well at 95 years old as it is at 25. Our brain is elast- has elasticity. It can grow. It can shrink. Our brain should be just as strong when we're in our 90s as it is when we're in our 20s. And that's so very important to understand. It's not just an old age thing. It's something is going on. There's symptoms and we need to address those symptoms. Yeah, good point. And so so these are the areas that people need. Number one is nutrition. Food is medicine or food is poison. And that's why Chef Michael is the health coach here at Dr. Mission because he's been trained in that. The next is sleep. Sleep is medicine or sleep is poison. I was taught to live off three or four hours of sleep in my medical training. I mean, I was a champion if I did. Uh, The third one is stress. How much stress? I mean, there's a certain point that we can only handle. And then our cuppeth overfloweth. And we start showing signs of trying to escape stress. We start drinking, gambling, spending money. I mean, stress is good to a certain level. The fourth is hormones. Hormones are never checked. You know, thyroid, when we're checked, when, when, yeah, so hormones is another thing. But you see, we're going to be talking about all this in parts two and three, too. Okay, I'm just giving the overview. Um, the, the fifth one is adverse childhood experiences. Things that happen in our past affect our brain, you know? And so if we've had trauma, that trauma will lead to pain and that pain will lead us to escape. And there's all these different ways that we escape. But I never knew that having a a score of four or more for an adverse childhood experience that you can get on Google, just Google adverse childhood experiences and you can get your score. A score over 40 increases your risk of suicide 1200 1200 times. I never learned that, you know, but I learned that on this journey. Then the sick thing that can affect our brain health is toxins. We are constantly being exposed to toxins. So what kind of toxins am I talking about? Metals like mercury, lead, copper, organic compounds like petroleum, plastics, Glyphosate, which is a a pesticide that's being sprayed on food so that the weeds don't kill them. And then another toxin called biotoxins. And biotoxins are things like mold. Herpes is a virus that can affect your brain health. Um, People with Alzheimer's, their brains have been dissected. A lot of them have herpes type 1 and type 2. Glandular fever, Lyme disease. So that's just number six under toxins. Number seven is relationships. What's our relation? I mean, are we connected during this pandemic? People have been disconnected. 
Look at the rate of suicide around every 40 seconds, somebody is killing themselves. That blows my mind, but I understand it. It makes sense. We're not connected. Social media. The eighth one is gut health. Everybody needs to get their gut checked. Why? Because 80% of our brain chemicals are made in our in our gut. Our gut is our second brain. The ninth is exercise. Hey, we're not that into exercise, but exercise is really good. So we do it because exercise is medicine. That's right. Pump it up, Kurt. (laughs) (laughs) Just keep the body moving. Number 10. I know I'm just rattling this off, but you asked for it. So I'm letting you know, Kurt. (laughs) Number 10 is, are you laughing? Laughing makes your brain happy. You know, are you resting? Are you allowing yourself to rest? We're all pretty flat out, right? But who's allowing themselves to rest? Michael and I have like this, it's just, it's a, it's a pack that we turn off all social media. We turn off all from everything on the business for 36 hours every week. Is it easy? No, but we have to do it because we know it's going to affect our brain health if we just keep on pushing. The 11th is having productive thought management. What's your self-talk? What are you saying? What's my my mentor, Dr. Amen, says, get rid of the ants. Ants are automatic negative thoughts. You know, whenever you have a negative, an automatic negative thought or an intrusive thought, are are you kicking it out? Are you are you challenging it? Are you saying, is this for real? I mean, are you for real or is this a truth or or is it a lie? If it's a lie, kick it out, but question your thoughts. Number 12 is spirituality. I mean, gosh, I have gotten super glued to God more so and to Jesus during this whole experience, because that's what's gotten me through the toughness that we've gone through. It's like, what do you believe in? Do you have something you... What do you believe in? That you have a, a belief in. That keeps you motivated and going and a purpose, keeps you a purpose in life. Yeah. And for everybody, it's different. I just share what I know. Yeah. The 13th, we're almost to the 14th. The 13th is head trauma. Mm. The brain is three pounds of soft butter inside of a a house with sharp edges. We let our kids play rugby. We let our kids bounce a soccer ball on the head. We let our kids play football. That's just banging the head and causing head trauma. The brain gets bruised. I mean, head trauma affects brain health and how we live and how we think. And then the 14th one is blood flow. What's the blood flow like to your brain? Are you getting enough oxygen? If you've got hypertension, high blood pressure, and you're on blood pressure medication, or you've had a history of a stroke, or you've had a history of a heart attack, that decreases your oxygen to your brain. If you've got sleep apnea, you know, you're snoring in the middle of the night and you're not getting enough oxygen, that's like killing off your brain. (laughs) And our brain runs our whole body. So- Good brain health leads to good mental health so that we can live a happy, productive life. But bad brain health leads us to have 
bad mental health. So we are anxious and depressed and not dealing with this. And medicine is not, hasn't addressed this yet. There, there's lots of research, but it's not commonplace. This is amazing. I am soaking this all in. I've been taking notes as you're talking and I am absolutely loving this topic. I am, I can't even tell you how much I'm looking forward to hearing more in uh, future episodes here so that we can dive in a little deeper and, and get our brains around this whole concept. Actually, Kurt, I'm going to have you hop back in here and give a 30 second uh, wrap up of, of your thoughts at this time. Well, I've been found to talk about in my adventures and helping people um, gauge how they're doing in what they're trying to share. I talk about brain real estate and I think of a lot of puns like, you know, that's food for thought or the idea of brain food. And when you when you say the word brain food, is it really the right food that um, that is good and, and will yield good uh, maintenance of our brains. So I am looking forward to um, the next, you know, revisit uh, of this topic. I'm glad that they're going to be able to come back. And uh, so just can't say enough for what we started here. And the best is yet to come. Back to you, Sue. Yeah, I can't thank you both enough for being here with us this evening. And and truly, I'm, I think I'm speaking for a lot of people that Hearing more is is something that uh, I can hardly wait for. So for all of us here at Ability MKE Now and all that we do. So uh, Emily, Kurt, and thank you so much to the Hunsingers for being here with us tonight. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Milwaukee. (laughs) Hello, Chef Michael here. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love it if you subscribe to the podcast and left us a review.